It is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him. It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy, out of your immeasurable love for us, you sent your son, being tempted in every way, but without sin, he gave his life for us out of love, love for you and for all of humanity. Give us grace anew to rediscover this immeasurable gift of love, Lord God. So we turn back to you anew. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Part of focusing in on love is, is a practice. The world would have us to focus in on anything but love. Do you hear many newscasts at night about love? Most of what I hear when I do listen is all about fear and violence, right? So it is that we come together on Sundays to counterbalance the ways of the world, to remember who we are and whose we are, and what our true identity is in God. Today's gospel is a reading that comes shortly after his baptism. In fact, in some texts, it says immediately after his baptism, he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it is in Jesus' baptism that we hear his true identity. It's the first place in all of the New Testament in which we see the Trinity, Father, the Father's voice, 
the Holy Spirit as in the shape of a dove descending on Christ. And Christ there, having been immersed by his cousin John the Baptist in the waters, recalling the waters of the Red Sea that God parted for his people that they might be delivered from slavery, not just for a time, but for all time. Parted waters that brought them into a promised land. And Christ is the fulfillment of all those promises. Some would say he is even the gate to those promises of God's. And so part of the pattern of being ones that follow Christ is that we recall our true identity. And I would say to you that that is really in the essence of what Lent is about, is calling us back home, is calling us back to the one who loves us, who names us as God named his son, Beloved. Because as baptized Christians, we've died to sin and been risen into new life. But unless you are reminded of that, unless you take time and space to focus in on that, it's, it's buried, right? You've been given a gift of the Holy Spirit when you were baptized. You were marked as Christ's own with holy oil in most, most traditions I know. Sealed as his forever. But we still sin. So what's the deal? Well, the great grace is, is that we have a high priest in Christ who has been tempted as we have, but didn't sin. He shows us a way through, a different pattern. He gives us a spirit to enable us to be in communion with the Father and to choose differently. You see, Satan's plan that he runs on the earth is also very well pointed out for us in this text today in Luke, in which Satan is trying to trip Jesus up to get him to distrust God and what he knows to be true of God. He tries to get Jesus to be self-sufficient rather than rely on God. He tries to get Jesus to be a show-off with his powers. Just make that stone into bread. Jesus says, man cannot live on bread alone because it is the essence of the Spirit of God that we have life. Yet the world would have us to believe that if we just have one more thing, one more this, one more that, that that will give us life. 
But we're not wired that way. We're not designed for that to bring us life. We're designed that as we worship God, as we recount who is our maker and who are we in relationship to that maker, that we find the joy of life. We find the very sustenance of life. That it's not in the things of food or chocolate or beverages or what have you. That's why in this season that we fast, some fast on Fridays as a practice, to say, I'm going to choose to focus on God over these things of the world. Satan, in meeting with Jesus out in this wilderness land, said, I'll give you this glory and all the authority. I'll give it to you if you just worship me. There is a huge clue for us as followers of Christ that the last thing that Satan wants us to do is worship the one true God. He hates that. He would rather us worship ourselves and our own abilities than God. And that is why we will be focusing on worship and how to pray and worshiping God for who he is, reminding ourselves of what it is that God stands for, who God is, that he is omnipotent and all-powerful. He is the one true God. Jesus says back to him, says, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And so we are coming back into alignment. And we need each other and community to be in this alignment with the one who has crafted us and designed us and made us to reflect his glory. See, in our true form of who we are meant to be as baptized, we are glory bearers. So that is, this season here is our opportunity to reconnect with that reality. To recapture our thoughts. To repent. To repent simply means to turn around. To say, oh, I was going this way. And actually, I really want to be going this way. Because this is the way of abundant life. This is the way of how I was designed to be. I want to put this first in my brain. Satan did one final test to Jesus. Said, throw yourself down from this highest point. God's given angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But again, Jesus says the truth. That I don't just do these things frivolously. I'm not going to put God to the test for no purpose. 
And so he had passed the devil's test, and he departed from him. What I would say to you in this Lenten season and journey is as we are intentional about creating a rule or goals or intentions of how it is that we might regularly connect with God, that we might be in the scriptures for a a bit each day so that it seeps in who we really are. So that this world's banter of fear and lies isn't the grid that you live off of, but that you live off of the truth, the truth of your baptism, which we use a shell to remind us you've died to sin and you've been born into new life. You have the Holy Spirit It enables you to turn from sin. But knowing what our temptations are is part of the game. Knowing where you are weakest, most likely to say, God doesn't care about that in my life. Maybe you don't have a spot like that. I do. I can think, oh, he doesn't. But what I'm saying is that I'm choosing to be defiant to that lie, to say God promises that he will find a way, that he will give us a way out of any temptation. So remember your baptism. You are dead to sin and that you've been born to new life. Most assuredly that as God said to his son as he baptized him, you are my beloved, my son, in whom I am well pleased. And he means for you to have life eternal. And so I invite you in this Lenten season to focus on that, to let the truth of God's love for you and your true identity to seep in and to come forth. And yes, ponder those things. We've been baptized, sweet one. But you are going to learn about baptism. You've been marked as Christ's stone. We're so glad you're here. What you're going to do is take these, and when you come for communion, can get one. But I say to each of you, even if you haven't been baptized, are God's beloved because he loves you so much that he sent his son to take on our temptations